to the Mission Mindset Podcast. I'm Dominic Perham. Yes, you are. And I am John Quinn. How's it going, Dom? It's going well. Uh, we are here to talk to you today about a topic which I think all of us um, are really grappling with right now. Mm-hmm. Is there more to church than this? Now, this is actually a question that comes up on Alpha, John. The very first session on Alpha is, is there more to life than this? And that session, if you're listening to this and are familiar with Alpha, is trying to tackle this whole topic of, should I ask deeper questions Mm -hmm. about my life, where I'm going? Um, Is there a purpose to anything? And that, that question leads us, hopefully, into the deeper questions about whether God is there and whether Jesus is there and wants to know us and died for us and so on. But as a group of Christians in our churches, we are also asking those questions, aren't we, as we emerge from this pandemic? I think so. I think one of the things that we have found in having conversations with, uh, you know, churches all over the country um, from all different denominations and regardless of whether you're urban, rural, you know, suburban, everyone is just trying to figure out what is this new thing? What is this new church that we're trying to build? Um, What does it mean to be church? Everything that we kind of knew about being church has seemed to shift shifted massively over the last uh, 18 months. And so what does it mean to be church now? Well, let's paint the picture first. So the, the COVID pandemic hit in March of 2020. The churches were ostensibly not open, even though you could still go in and say a prayer, which was better than some other countries where you couldn't even get in the door. You had no church services. Everything moved online. We in Alpha were supporting many, many churches in running Alpha online, the marriage course online. And those were wonderful times in a way because it was a time of innovation. But now it's, as we record this, October of 2021. And they've been opening and shutting and now they're opening, kind of properly opening. But the world is different, right? It seems to be. I think that handbrake turn that you're talking about there, Dom, um, as you say, provides a little bit of momentum because it's something new. There's a novelty to it. There's a, we don't know how long this is going to last, but let's sure, let's just try something. Um, and I think that process went on longer than most people expected it to. But as you say, as we kind of uh, embark on this new way out uh, of things, suddenly we're starting to ask ourselves, what is church meant to be now? And what are people expecting? And, and if it's more than just the buildings, how do we go back to having buildings? Or if it's more than online, how do we do we look at hybrid stuff? Or what is it that we're trying to do? And I think a lot of people are asking the question, why uh, should we even think about church? Or, or, you know, what does church mean to, to the families who are out there? You know, as the doors open again, and as hopefully uh, the limits on the number of people who might be able to walk through your physical space um, on a Sunday might go back to, to normal. But what is that normal? Uh, how many people are expecting to come through again? Are we, you know, one of the amazing things about uh, the online experience was that you're able to touch people wherever they were in the world. And so you had a lot of expats kind of coming in. So I think there's a lot of huge questions, very fundamental questions. And I think that's why this title is important. Is there more to church in this? This is almost like root and branch step one as to what does church look like today? What should we expect it to be? Um, and is there a role in, um, in evangelization? Like if we're still trying to get our heads around being in physical spaces again and how far away we're supposed to be from people and how many people are supposed to be there and how well ventilated a church is going to be is there a space in there for mission is there and, and where does that come in and and now that we seem to have gotten off that kind of um wheel of just kind of doing things uh, systematically because that's the way it was always done 
well, now this is a moment to actually think it's not how it's always been done. Here's a new opportunity. So are we going to grapple? Uh, are we going to take that opportunity as a church? Mm. Uh, I suppose the question that comes to mind, John, is what does taking that opportunity look like now? I mean, I've been speaking to a few people who are thinking about, well, am I running you know, events online? Am I running them in person? Am I trying to run events online and in person? Is that what I'm going to be doing all the time? Because it seems as if some people would very much appreciate continuing online events, you know, or, you know, whether it's alpha or perhaps some other things. Uh, but there's this tremendous amount of questioning around sort of how, well, how do you actually negotiate with the current climate? You know, how do you help people feel safe coming back into an environment where they're close together again? And what do they expect from us? There's all kinds of questions, aren't there? And I think one of the key questions is almost with church leaders themselves. You know, we've been speaking to a few church leaders who are kind of tired about everything, who are kind of feeling like, okay, we, we did everything. We kind of launched ourselves fully into this online world. And now we're, how am I supposed to do two things at once? I found it stressful enough doing church just physically in one building. I found it stressful enough just trying to get everything online. And now you're asking me to do these two things at once. Like, how am I supposed to do that? So I think there's a huge amount of questions for it. But I think what comes back massively to all of this is that actually the key point is why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we doing any of this? Why are we going online? Why are we trying to do a hybrid? Or why are we trying to serve what people might need uh, in an online world uh, as well as kind of having our Sunday services? And the key point is that actually we exist as a church to evangelize. We exist because of the great commission that Jesus gave us to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them and teach them. And I think we need to rediscover uh, that that heart of it uh, with the church. And I can understand that people are exhausted. I can understand that there's been um, a sense of kind of tiredness with everything. But I think that this is the moment where we have to come back to this question. Is there more to church than just buildings? And is there more to church than just systematic things that happen on a weekly basis? Why are we doing what we're doing? Well, I suppose that this is interesting too, because um, you were mentioning before the the kind of standard functions of, of how we how, how we behave. We, you know, we have services, we have mass, depending on you know which denomination we are. We might have you know certain times of the year where there's you know set services and things that we do uh, more than others. There are rhythms of the year, and those things are very beautiful in and of themselves. But if we go back to that idea of evangelization, John, that you're bringing up, evangelism, reaching the those who don't know us, how does the next season look for churches in innovating around mission? Because you were mentioning that season of kind of, um, you know, just going for stuff. You know, we couldn't meet, so we're going to try something. A lot of a lot of folks did brilliant work and have done. Well, I think that's the the key question. I suppose has to come back to what are we trying to achieve. And I think for a lot of people, as it kind of goes back to what we said earlier, who are the people who are coming through the doors again when we get onto our regular services? And are they the only people who we want to be meeting? Or do we feel a need to be going out and trying to meet new people, uh, bringing them uh, into, into the reality of the gospel, into an experience of the gospel? Um, and, and how can that shape what we do and why we do what we do? And I feel like that's where you know what we've been trying to kind of look at around the alpha suite is always to try to be that kind of front porch 
um, of, of the church where people can come in and sit and not quite have to make a commitment, not quite have to uh, understand a liturgy to be able to kind of experience church as it were you know uh, so if you were to invite a, a co-worker who doesn't really have faith along to a sunday service or a mass in your church i think that can be a really uh off-putting question for people because they're like i don't know that they would understand it or i don't know that i'd stand behind it as well you know what i mean as to, as to the quality of what's going on but really trying to create something like the alpha suite and, and alpha in particular as that front porch where people are able to come and ask those big questions and I have said this time and time again, I think if you're out there and you haven't asked yourself the big questions in life over the last 18 months, I don't know if there will ever be a moment in your life where you will ask those big questions because everything that we have understood as life, as church, as family, as a country has been turned upside down. Everything about our freedoms and all this kind of stuff that we kind of took for granted has been turned upside down over the past while. So I really feel that this moment, this this opportunity for churches to be able to go out to people and to just sit with them. You know, I think that's one of the really key components of where Alpha can fit into this new reality is of meeting people where they're at, of saying, I know I'm tired too, let's sit down and have a cuppa and chat about it and let's see where this can kind of bring us and, and what kind of questions do you have and, and I mightn't have the answers but let's try and create this community and it, and it feels like community might be the answer to that. Mm -hmm. I, I suppose as you're talking, what occurs to me as well is, I mean, I was really struck hearing recently about some massively encouraging innovations. There's some folks running Alpha for the Homeless uh, in Cork uh, that started recently and just reaching out to those who are on the fringes. And what occurs to me about the world at the moment is that we've all been forced onto the fringes. Um, <laughs> you know, we haven't been able to do a lot of the things that we normally would have liked to have done. I mean, I'm thinking about my life and I, I hadn't, my wife hadn't seen her parents. Uh, they happen to be from Mexico, so quite a long way off. Hadn't seen them in two years. I mean, the, the amount of dislocation or rather, you know, um, I suppose being forced apart, you know, from, from people and from the natural rhythms of life. The amount of that going on is, is huge. And I suppose that's the, that's the space that the church might have a chance to speak into, as you're saying, John. How does the church um, start to think about no, new ideas now? When you say we're tired, um, what do you think we could do to, to sort of reach out to those fringes? Well, as I said, I think, the, the again, you're hearing some of these amazing stories that are happening. So there's a couple of churches who have come together down in Cork to run this alpha specifically for people who have who are at risk who are homeless or who have these and, and the idea of using um alpha as a social justice uh, opportunity or a social service is an incredible thing you have other churches who realize that you know they have a huge number of parents maybe and a backlog especially in the catholic context of parents whose children are going through the sacramental programs and um, realizing that here's an opportunity maybe to meet them where they're at and uh, we know that they are offering Alpha to parents of communion and confirmation candidates. Not so much as a you have to do this or your child isn't going to get the sacraments, but actually as this moment of encounter and of saying, the likelihood is that you probably haven't thought about this stuff since you were 12, maybe 15 if you were so disposed uh, when you were in school and secondary. But here's an opportunity to ask the big questions that maybe your child is asking you. Here's a big questions specifically uh, for maybe um, confirmation candidates where it's all about the Holy Spirit here's an opportunity to spend 11 weeks 
uh, with a bunch of people who are similarly minded, who are predisposed to caring uh, about their children and wanting to try to um, maybe find a way to grapple with these big questions so that they're able to answer them or at least have a conversation with their own children around it. And we found that that's been a really interesting uh, opportunity that's, that's there. Um, and I do think that the fringes, there are huge opportunities, as you say, around the fringes. But it's almost as well, like with other churches that we're talking to, there's an opportunity to hit the reset button. And, for example, another church who I'm thinking of um, have decided that the next alpha that they're going to run is specifically for those who serve in ministry. Because they're aware that those who have been in ministry in the church over the past 18 months to two years haven't been able to exercise their ministry. It's almost like this huge part of their life, this kind of discipleship living out of that um, has been chopped off from them. They have had no access to that. So here's an opportunity to come together again, to reset, because how can we be expected to minister to others if we haven't had the opportunity to kind of process a little bit the different things that have happened? So there are two kind of major things that really kind of seem to be happening, that there's opportunities for just readdressing what mission looks like. Well, I love the idea of the reset. Um, one of the things that um, that came to me last week, I happened to be uh, with two wonderful people at, a, at an event organized by friends of ours, Christ and Youth. So there was a lot of people there, but the, the people speaking at the event were John and Annie Hughes. Now, John and Annie are the parents of Tim Hughes, who's written some lovely music that, that uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you may look him up and find some of his songs familiar to you. But they're, they're, he's, he's in his 80s, John. And Annie would be, um, I'm not sure what her age is, it'd be impolite to say. I'm glad you didn't ask. Um, I didn't ask. But I, I actually had the chance to say a prayer with them. And I started praying for them. And what came out of my mouth was I started talking about St. Bridget and how John and Annie had had this many 50 years they've served John in mission and ministry and in charge of churches and things. And what came out of my mouth was, I just pray, Lord, that the, the fruit of their ministry would spread like the cloak of St. Bridget when she laid it down on the ground and her followers picked it up and she'd agreed with the chieftain that this cloak, that whatever her cloak covered, the chieftain would give her as land for her community. And naturally this cloak started to stretch over many acres as her followers stretched it. And just, it was a supernatural moment that God stepped in. And of course, it's one of those stories about the saints but Annie, Annie was very struck by this, and it just occurred to me, my goodness, we have this tremendously rich, and okay, I'm not going to get carried away with the story of St. Bridget, so sorry about bringing that up if it's, it's completely unfamiliar to you, but there's this wonderful heritage in that those stories of the saints of Ireland, of this heritage that we have, this deep and profound spiritual and cultural heritage of faith. And when we work in Alpha John, one of the things that occurs to me is that the world, or sorry, I should say the culture, is very, it's not very open necessarily to hearing about the church, but that the church actually can draw on a beautiful shared heritage and culture, which is still there, and which is very, very encouraging for all of us um, as Irish men and women to know about. And that actually resetting that whole discussion and talking again about the idea that there is something more to life than this, there is an opportunity to do that now because we have been through a terrible shared experience of a pandemic. People do want 
to have the chance to pray. People do want to know that they're not alone in the midst of their suffering. And where else are they going to find that conversation but in the church or through an invitation to something like Alpha? Now, we would say that, wouldn't we? Because Alpha's our thing. But I do think, John, this is a moment maybe for us uh, in the church to say, you know what, guys, we really do have something to offer. We really can start that, that conversation. I think you're right. The, the group of people who are out there who perhaps previous to the pandemic would have been militantly opposed uh, to anything to do with the church because we know uh, the entire history of the church in Ireland and, and especially the recent history of it and the difficulty that people have with and it. some of that history is profoundly upsetting. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think maybe what this pandemic has helped people to realize, though, is that there is a possibility of divorcing the stories of what has happened uh, in the institutional church were profoundly wrong from the person of Christ, from this ability to be church together as community. Um, and there does seem to be a hunger out there from people to there has to be something more to life than than just what we have because yeah. everything that we kind of take for granted seems to have been turned up so there has to be something deeper to this and and this opportunity what alpha does is give people that opportunity with no pressure no charge and no follow-up and i think those three things are really important when we're talking about it the no pressure is that you know you're not dragging someone in they don't have to speak they don't have to say exactly what you want them to say. They can ask whatever it is they want. They can bring whatever baggage they have as they come through that door. That is, you just be you and come here and to chat around it. No charge. This isn't, we're not after your wallet. We're not trying to, um, you know, find a way that we can, uh, you know, take your money. We genuinely think that no one should have to charge for the gospel, that everybody should have a chance to hear the good news of Jesus Christ as it relates to them. And then finally, with no follow-up. So if someone comes along the first week, doesn't like it, we're not sending out a SWAT team to kind of drag them back the next week, that they're not having to sign up for their entire life on this. We're trusting the process, but most importantly, we're trusting the Holy Spirit in this because I think that's the key to Alpha, that Alpha is a work of human endeavor, but that appears to be blessed in some way by the Holy Spirit as guided by God through these moments that we kind of show up, but these amazing, miraculous things happen almost in spite of, of us, you know what I mean? And, you know, there's, there's the video that you can download, there's, there's a discussion, you can sit around a table and have some food, or if you're doing it online, you can just spend a little bit of time chatting with each other. But the, the things that happen in the small group discussions, you cannot create a space for that, you know? Uh, it has to be God at work in those moments. Right, and actually, I suppose that's been one of the most encouraging sides to the last uh, year and a half is watching people's lives transformed online <laughs> through alpha because you can't you can't claim that someone's setting up an environment that's influencing them unduly if they're sitting in their kitchen on a computer screen and they are being you know i suppose they're being touched by the love of god because no one's there but them. No, no, it's not um, tampering with the heating or playing certain music at a certain That's right. Moment. Nothing is going on, but it's you. And, you know, someone might have said, you know, come Holy Spirit. Or someone might have said, you know, um, let's just say a prayer. And all of a sudden, something changes or something happens. And I think, John, that there's a humility in that for us in the church too. Because sometimes the pressure to keep going, the pressure to keep planning 
and to maintain the things that we've got can really crush us. I suppose that can be the same for anything. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're uh, trying to think about how to care for relatives or trying to think about how to manage children, manage jobs, and then think about doing some missionary work. I mean, that's the way it is for many people who are ostensibly in charge of big evangelistic efforts. They have lots of things to do. But actually, it's the Lord who builds a house, and it's the Holy Spirit that moves. And that's one of the most encouraging things that we can come to as a church. Yeah, I think when you're talking kind of around this, that what we're trying to get people away from is the idea that Alpha is just this course and it will fix everything. That's not at all what it is. But that Alpha uh, can help to instill new cultures in your church to help that to be outward looking and telling others. It reminds me of my, my uh, four-year-old has just started school and uh, this week she came home on Monday and uh, she'd got star of the week. Right? So she was so excited uh, about herself because of the work that she'd done, the art that she had done, she was star of the week. And so she was just telling uh, my wife and myself and she insisted straight away that we get onto the phone to the grandparents and that kind of stuff to tell them straight away. And this is the reality of good news. When something hits home for somebody, they can't help but share it. And I think oftentimes when we're trying to figure out how we can actually share this good news of Jesus Christ, ultimately it's through an experience. Giving people an experience of God, of hearing about it, of being loved, of being listened to, of not being judged in a small group, and then giving them an opportunity to be prayed with so that the Holy Spirit can come into their lives so that they can be changed by this. Um, there is no greater love than that. But also from that, the Holy Spirit can't help but overflow and to invite other people into this because you have been radically changed by it. Well, I suppose then that the, I always come back to this idea of how we feel about our, our neighbours or those who are outside of our, our walls. In a way, not being able to come into our churches or even now being restricted in what we can do, it kind of puts us in a very weird conundrum and it could be that this carries on for some time that there are restrictions in place and so the need for i suppose a fresh you know perspective on how we can invite people to something or how we can love people around us is really needed isn't it yeah absolutely and it is the greatest call that we have you know they talk about evangelization being the vocation proper to the church or deepest identity and i think that's what it is we are called to do this we've been commissioned by god by virtue of the fact that we've come into a relationship with Jesus, that we are called to invite others in. And it's not to tell them stuff, but it's to invite them into an experience to see if they too can be touched by the love of God. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge thing, but I think it can be daunting sometimes, and I think sometimes we can overcomplicate things. But I think what we try to do in Alpha and, and the Alpha process is to try to help people simplify that process. 11 weeks, 15 sessions, everything is laid out for you. All you need to do is to pay attention to the particular things and pray uh, that the Holy Spirit will uh, come into it. And I think that is something that we've seen, as you say, uh, both pre-lockdown uh, with Alpha uh, in person and then during the pandemic, Alpha Online and the power that kind of came with that has been incredible, the testimonies that we've heard. And in this new reality now, as we go out into uh, this hybrid reality or whether we firmly go back into in person again, and maybe what we can do, Dom, I'm just wary that there are people again who are tired, who are uncertain, who are like, okay, well, that seems fine, but I just don't know where I'm at at the moment. Maybe we could finish in prayer, Dom, just for uh, those people who are who are doing this. Maybe we'll pray for the church leaders who are just... Yeah, I was thinking that as well, actually. Well, I can start us off there. Well, let's just, um, if you're 
listening to us, just take a moment to come into God's presence. Lord, we're so grateful for the way that you've worked with us, through us. We're so grateful for all the leaders out there who have tended to their flock, who have reached out to those who they really wanted to love around the, the parish, around the church, in schools, in community centers, in cafes, in settings that we could never have imagined, where Alpha has been run and where lives have been touched. And Lord, we just pray for those leaders now. We know so many of them here in Alpha. We love seeing them all work together. We pray with them every Friday. We have a prayer call with them, um, many of them. We meet them so regularly. And Lord, just touch their hearts. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking of your local priest or your local leader, say a prayer for them now. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it was brilliant uh, to have that chat today, Dom. Um, is there more to church than this? Hopefully you've answered that question. Otherwise, uh, the past 25 minutes or so have been um, rambling nonsense. But hopefully there is uh, some nuggets of gold that are in that too. So thanks a million for your time, Dom, and we'll see you again in the next one. Great to spend the time with you, John.